Hello and welcome to Trek Companion. This is episode 301. I'm your host, Brian Williams. I'm Adam Caesar. I'm Stephen Embry. And today we're discussing Star Trek Lower Decks second season episodes, Where Pleasant Fountains Lie and I Excretus. Where Pleasant Fountains Lie, Season 2, Episode 7. Original release date, September 23rd, 2021. Directed by Jason Zurich, written by Garrick Bernard. Guest cast include Jeffrey Combs as Agamus, Phil Lamar as Momol, uh, L. Playa and Computer, Jessica McKenna as Barnes and Cerritos Computer, June Diane Raphael as Paulana, Paul Shear as Andy Billups, and Carrie Walgren as Hesperian Dancer in Royal Guard. <laughs> Queen Palala, ruler of Hysperia, a Renaissance-style society from a planet colonized by fantasy enthusiasts, hails the Cerritos to ask them for help from her son, Lieutenant Commander Arthurio Billups, or Andy Billups, as we know him. Boromir is disappointed after he is reassigned from an exciting field mission escorting a malevolent AI named Agamus with a mariner. Their ship crash lands on a deserted planet where Argamus attempts to sow discord. Oh, what's going on? Are we still stranded? You pulled me off the dance mission? What? Did that thing tell you that? Oh, you mean the truth? It's clearly trying to get us to fight. You know that, right? Now Ransom thinks I'm not cut out for the big stuff. You're not. Well, at least not yet. I was just looking out for you. I'm sure that my Titan experience... Enough with the Titan! This trip is just proving me right. You can't even handle mind games from a hundred-year-old router. Rude! Help me, Bradwood! Where is she taking me? Mariner, drop the computer. Nope, you are on timeout until you stop siding with the enemy. All right, where pleasant fountains lie. Adam. What are your first thoughts on this one? Um, I thought this episode was hilarious. It was just so over the top with the um, fantasy society. Then, you know, just kind of taking it to a whole new extreme level. And, you know, they just kind of come out of left field with um, the chief engineer being this, you know, prince who is going to inherit, he was supposed to inherit this throne, but he abdicated so he could be in Starfleet. And, you know, if he ever has sex, he automatically has to become king. It's so ridiculous. It's, it's hilarious. And it, and it just fits. And, you know, the, the um, animation is great with the, the fantasy style going on. And then, you, you know, I don't know if this is the A or the B story, but the other story with Mariner and Boimer, you know, we, we've kind of seen episodes like that before where the, you know, where she's always trying to take care of him, but it's still fun. And, you know, you kind of see Boimler trying to starting to grow up and figure it out. So it was, I really enjoyed this episode, both parts of it. I mean, just, but it made me laugh out loud. I mean, both these episodes today just really made me laugh out loud a couple of times. So my favorite line in this one, <laughs> you're too late. My Royal Guards are trained from birth to skip foreplay. <laughs> Steve, your uh, your first thoughts? Yeah, I thought this was this was a lot of fun. With I mean, there's two again. How much they can stuff in the amount of time they have and make it coherent is incredible. Because you have two stories that kind of vie for being the uh, a story, really. And uh, yeah, with the, the lines and all the nonsense, it's uh, I, I liked uh, the uh, black licorice black or something. <laughs> so absurd, you know, with what they have to deal with there. Um, but um, yeah, I uh, I enjoyed it too. And again, it's one of those. This this is definitely only works for this series. There's not been any other series even come close to the type of stuff they do here, you know. And um, this is a little unique in the sense that we don't see too often, at least thus far, them focusing so much on not one of the main four. You know, I mean, one of the 
the A B stories involved here is you know at least centered around you know a secondary character. I thought that was kind of cool because it kind of felt like next gen in a way. You know, you get a lot of episodes about, and then then you get O'Brien. You get a little backstory about O'Brien. So I kind of thought it was cool to kind of like, hey, let's take a character and and find out what's going on with this guy. And like I said, it was so absurd what's going on in his background that it it just works for the show. Yeah, what is that character's name again? It's Paul Shear's engineer. What's this what's the engineer's name again? Uh, Andy Billups. 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 Oh, I can't remember Billups. I like the uh evil computer. <laughs> <laughs> that was that was good. Yeah. Right. And yeah, we haven't even talked about Jeffrey Combs yet. And it's like yeah, amazing. Jeffrey Combs. <laughs> Jeffrey Combs. Well, the, the tease was great, you know, just to say, well, you know, <laughs> she's the captain and captain is, well, you know, you could have been, you know, worshiping a mystical, you know, fairy tale creature. And there's like, yeah, sure. <laughs> yeah, <the> te- <laughs> kind of the eye roll, like, yeah, we kind of were. So that was fun. But it's fun because they're, you know, they're taking elements of, you know, uh, many Star Trek episodes that we've seen. I even like the end where they put them in the, the crypt. It kind of reminded me of, you know. Indiana Jones and yet all the other mind control yeah, you see all the other ones yeah but you know that's a obviously a, uh, making a joke about a Star Trek trope you know evil computer that was causing the war or whatever there's lots of stuff in here that's Star Trek kind of stuff uh, the, the shuttlecraft you know just the storyline of a shuttlecraft crash landing like that I've seen a million times the fantasy culture it's very I don't know original series kind of thing you know None of it feels like uh, been overdone. None of it, it, it. Everything feels like they found a little, a fresh way, you know. And it, and it feels fun and unique and specific to this show. <laughs> it's, still, it's still hilarious that they use Billup for this. I mean, Billups. <laughs> Just kind. Of, I mean, it really kind of came out of left field because how how much have we seen of him in the you know up to this point? You know, little bit. You know, he's had little bit parts here and there. So yeah. It, I like I'm like this show is good at just kind of kind of coming out of left field and throwing something at you that you might not expect. I like the joke uh, right after the main titles. <laughs> How are phaser rifle rifles different from you know hand phaser? <laughs> they take two hands. <laughs> you know, right, I mean, right. That's, that's like another one of these inside Star Trek kind of jokes. We've all <laughs> yeah. you know this, they've. It's nothing they've commented on, but we've seen from since the first time we've ever seen Fraser rifles, they seem to shoot the same damn things. <laughs> so we've all made jokes about that, but you know, for them to comment on it, that's that's the kind of thing where it's like, again, it's somebody somebody writing it who is also a fan. There've got to be a lot of writers. I mean, I know that only one or two writers are credited most of the time, but there's just so much stuff in here that it's got to be more of a team effort than that. And that's probably that that's common on shows the way they, they kind of divvy up the writing credits, but I'd be really curious to see which of the, cause I, you know, which are the writers that are steeped in uh, Star Trek lore in which we're, we're totally new to it. You know, do they have somebody just making a pass on these scripts? That they're just adding stuff like <laughs> must be something like that. I kind of just see like a room where they're just rifting about, you know, what crazy stuff, you know, and then just start jotting down ideas and whatever makes it into the show makes it in with it, with when along, along the lines of the, of the plot line. So, I mean, I almost feel like somebody would have to be in charge of writing the plot line and then somebody else would have to be, have to put in all these, you know, crazy references that kind of fit into the storyline. I mean, and you can throw these references in, in any show at any point, you know, the, the, 
phaser joke and go anywhere. So yeah, I'm sure it's a lot of fun in their in their rooms when they're just kind of coming up with different Star Trek jokes. But again, only in lower decks. The they take two hands yeah. joke wouldn't work in any other Star Trek show. Yeah, that goes back to what Steve was saying. I mean, there's the shows can only do the things that it's doing. There's well, very I mean, little. You couldn't even use that. That joke wouldn't even work in Prodigy or you know another animated show. It's very specific to Lower Decks, which is what makes so much of this stuff fun. It w- would be funny to hear Worf say that line though. <laughs> <laughs> definitely, definitely feeling aggressive tendencies. <laughs> yeah, hearing hearing the engineer say to hearing hearing Billup say to his mom, "If you're planning on tricking me in, into intercourse again, think again, <laughs> think again." These are these are jokes that. <laughs> They're just ludicrous statements if you just like read <laughs> <Yeah>. these things. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Billups was ripped too. Oh, <laughs> but you're right. You know, we seeing um, seeing Boimler that he actually had a plan there at the end because when he when he stuns Mariner, it's like whoa. <laughs> but nope, it was all part of the plan, and it's it's pretty good. Good. Yeah, I'd kind of even forgot where it was going, and when I was I was taking notes, so I went. It's like, oh man, he he kind of doesn't look the brightest here. It's kind of, a, but you know, it's that actually is you know they're moving the character forward. So I mean, he's taking you know taking some chances, but being assertive and you know thinking ahead, and yeah. So it's there's still development again. Again, the thing that makes it worthwhile is that it's not like they're just stagnant characters too. They get all the jokes and they have some developing going on. So not it's not just jokes. That's for sure. What is this episode about? Well, um, I think a lot of the episode has to do what we were, with what we were just talking about with the growth of Boimler and his character. And, you know, I think all of us might have been like a little bit fooled. And that's why I was mentioned earlier. This good, the show is good at, um, you know, messing with you while, you know, slide a hand type of thing, just, you know, surprising you. So, you know, up to this point, we've seen Boimler kind of be, he's a, funny character but he can be a little bit of a weenie so but in this he steps up and he's smart about it just everything what steve was mentioning earlier so character growth maturing and and trust at the end you see mariner like okay he's finally getting this and she doesn't always maybe going forward in the series like she's gonna put more faith in him and not babysit him so much um the other story i don't know it's hard for me to tell what the i guess you can kind of there are a few parallels in the um and the other storyline, you know, it's a, you know, obviously it's not a main character, but we have Billups, you know, you know, he truly is, that's who he, this is who he is and that's who he wants to be. And, you know, he stands firm to it. Yeah. It's like, even when they're not, it's not absolutely focused on all four characters, they still manage to do something to tell the tale of those four characters in the story. I mean, obviously you have uh, Boimler and Mariner, but yeah, you, we do have, I mean, Rutherford, didn't want to go and then he goes and he feels like he's, he's stepping out yeah and then you also see as we continue to see tindy's uh, you know affections you know how much she's concerned obviously when you think she's he's died but also hey now you're doing good thing or doing more things but then feeling like oh now i'm separated more from him and all that so they somehow pack all of this stuff in and, and you still have uh, some all four character characters developing in some respect so yeah uh, it's funny watching watching these shows now every single time i'm just i'm imagining the actor that does boimler and the actress that does what was it jack quaid and tawny newsom is that right i'm just imagining them 
trying to do these same voices, but just in live action on Stranger the World. <laughs> I don't know what the hell it is, but I want to see it. I really do. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I have to think this This almost feels like it's sped up, you know, too, because of the way they do it. It feels like it's it's not real time. It's like they talk way faster than you do in a live action or something like that. I don't yeah. know, but we'll see. Would they recast? I'm, I'll be honest with you. I don't really know what the voice actors look like. Would they have to be recast or is there some similarity? I've seen stills of them and I think that it's passable. Yeah. You know, yeah, I there's mean, there's interviews can, with them. Yeah. No, I, I don't, I don't think you need to recast them. Mm-hmm. All right. Let's do six degrees for where pleasant fountains lie. Adam. Jeffrey Combs plays Agamus. Name his recurring character on Enterprise. I could have asked anyone, but I wanted to bring that one up. On Enterprise. Fudge or not. Mm. Oh, you're going to kick yourself if you don't remember that. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm definitely going to kick myself because it's like in the tip of my tongue and it won't come out. Um, go ahead, Steve. I'm thinking. Um, oh, my it's God. It's been a while since I've well, watched yep. it. Yeah, look at that. It was tricky. If yeah. I'd been like Brent or Wei Yun, you know, easy well, peasy. Sure. But... Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah I, can, I have Archer in my head saying his name, but it's like blanked yeah. out. Commander, I believe. I think his rank was Commander. Shram. Commander Shram. Oh, you get, yeah. That's close That's enough. I'll give it to you. Shram, right? Yeah. Yes. It's an yeah. N, not an M. Shram. But I'm going to give that to you. I'm going to give that to you. Cool. Very cool. good. Very good. All right. Adam has one. Moving on. <laughs> I excrete us. Season 2, Episode 8. Original release date, September 30th, 2021. Directed by Kim Arndt. Written by Ann Kim. Guest cast include Alice Krieg as Borg Queen, Mark Evan Jackson as Sick Bay Attendant, Phil Lamar as Borg Drone and Docking Bay Officer, Lauren Lapkus as Jennifer Shrian, Jennifer McKenna as Barnes and Cerritos Computer, Lennon Parham as Shar Yin Yim, Ben Rogers as Steve Stevens, and Paul Shear as Andritio Billups. <laughs> Friction between the Lower Deckers and senior officers grows when Mariner, Boimler, Tindy, and Rutherford are accidentally left behind in space following a spacewalk repair mission. Sarahara Yim Yim, a Starfleet drill instructor, oversees a series of holodeck drills to build better understanding between the crew. They all fail their assigned drills, except for Boimler. I failed every single drill. At least you weren't responsible for the destruction of a whole ship. All those life and death decisions? I honestly don't know how Dr. Ta'ana does it every day. Mm, Computer, what is this? That is pesto. Where's Boimler? He lives for this kind of spread. Last I heard, he was still doing his drill. Yeah, right. I bet he bombed out just like us and he doesn't want to admit it. We got your signal. How were you able to fly... Again. Your score is already in the top 10%. I said again! My laugh out loud moment in this episode. If they wanted us to stack these, then why are they shaped like this? (laughs) (laughs) Right, right. (laughs) I remember that crazy butt, is it family, Uh, the next gen episode when Picard goes back. Oh good lord, a high woman, and he's carrying his like luggage, but it's that, that kind of shape. Like, yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, That's the future shape, right? <laughs> Pentagon <laughs> box. Yes. <laughs> All right, Steve, kick us off on I excretus, and you have to say I excretus again. I, uh, yeah. So this one, I I think it's what's interesting is that I, I'm not. I, I if I had to choose between the two episodes for this podcast, I think I probably liked the first one better. Yeah. But I but this one has a very unique uh, 
storytelling mechanism, you know, kind of, and, 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 and so it's different. So it gets points for that. Also in bringing in more of the senior officer crew, we don't usually they're, you know, really probably in the grand scheme, they're like a few seconds of them, you know, here and there and stuff on most episodes, but you know, they're very involved because it's part of the point. Um, and also of course the, the sheer number of references to episodes of Trek, you know, and so forth and, uh, and, and, and movies and so forth. Yeah. So that, that's a lot of fun, especially if you, if you're into, if you're a, tr- a Trekker and into it and, um, know what, know what they're talking about. So, um, so it's mostly a series of jokes, but we do get kind of, um, a little bit into the, uh, comparison of lifestyles comparison of duties and stuff and then you know we had that's always been there but we haven't the series doesn't hasn't directly referenced it very often i think last season we had one that was almost like kind of a hierarchy type episode and comparing you know the types of jobs and this kind of thing but here they're um uh you know swapping places too so you you know they get to spend it spend a day in each other's shoes that kind of thing and uh and so, you know, I think, I think there's some unusual things about this episode that are not kind of the, the formula or whatever that, that it scores some points for. So I, I enjoyed it. I enjoy all of them. But, yeah, it's, it's unique. I agree that the, the idea of this episode, the, the setup and all that, and the way the story uses the characters, and that's all, it's all really interesting. What maybe keeps it from being overall as enjoyable an episode as the first one, or as, I should say as successful, I mean, it's still funny and stuff, uh, the actual what you find out later, you know, that it's the the Bem like character, whatever her name is, you know, that she was just trying to save her job or whatever. Maybe that's not as satisfying a denouement as as it could have been or something. But you know, it's still pretty solid. Side note, I realize now one of the things that's so cool about that. Sorry to bring it up again, but this one of the things that's so cool about this live action bit. You know, and using those two actors to pre- to portray these same characters is because um, animation has always been kind of the the live action stuff is the number one. You know, and and the animation is the B stuff in a way, right? I mean, it, it's it's never it's never been given the credibility uh, as the live action stuff or something. You know, and the fact that they're going to have these characters on Strange New Worlds is I don't know. It says something about this show's place in Star Trek in a way that having star uh, characters from other shows on this show does not. Anyway, Adam, your first thoughts. I, I agree. I agree with you, Brian, on your, on your point there. Yeah. It's, it, it's a credit to the show about, you know, how, how well it's done that you're yeah. super excited. I mean, don't get me wrong. I was Ahsoka in Star Wars was who I was looking forward to seeing live action and I wasn't disappointed, but I'm, I'll be equally as excited to see um, these characters in live action when, and if they do it. So my, my first thoughts is like the, the opening tease of the show just kind of encapsulates the whole, the whole show. And it's just fun that they can do that in a quick, you know, 30 second bite, you know, you have the, the our whole lower decks cast out there, you know, fixing a satellite and next thing you and know, they left. and they've left us there. And like, no, nobody on the bridge crew re- even remembers like, Oh wait, we should beam those guys back. Nobody. And that just kind of encapsulates the whole show. Just, it made me laugh. And nowhere else in any other Star Trek would you see that, would you see that work? And I know we say that a lot, a lot, but I mean, yeah, it, it just, it, it just made me, it made me laugh. It does make you think about like, well, practically what kind of sets set up and workflow do they need every time somebody <laughs> leaves the ship, right? <laughs> but like I said, nobody remembered, oh yeah, we're, we're here with uh, <laughs> six people outside. 
Um, then it took them six hours to figure it out. Like, oh, wait. <laughs> so, yeah, that's the set. You know, that gets said to the setup. And, you know, obviously, Stephen, you know, all these missions that they have to do, they're, you know, they're all revenants, you know, taking us back star, you know, down Star Trek memory lane. I like that everybody's failing at Boimler. And that, that's that's kind of fun. And he just kind of aces, the, like, the hardest one, the, the Borg mission, where <laughs> and he's so obsessed and he gets he gets it to 100 score and then he has to give that up and he gets assimilated. And it's, so it's, it's just a lot of fun. Um, I think I kind of agree with you, Brian, as well. It's like the ending, the ending was a great bit, is, is maybe as well as it, you know, could have been expected, but sometimes it's just about the journey, not the, the end. So, and, you know, and I think we could, we're going to have something to say about what this episode's about. I think it was a little, this episode might've been a little bit clearer on what they were, what they were trying to say. Um, so I think we'll have something to say when we get to that point, but yeah, I enjoyed this episode. And I also agree with Steve. I, if I had to pick one of these two, it'd be the, the first episode we talked about. And the, you talk about that, the Borg thing with Boimler and too, of course, like always, it's so outrageous. You know, I mean, I can't even recall the whole thing, but by the end, he's like hauling out Borg babies and he's played chess and taught him empathy or whatever it is. <laughs> <laughs> it's hilarious. I'm going to, I have a seared image in my, in my head from this episode, you know, Boimler going spread Eagle. In the oh, <laughs> God, in the nick of time, <laughs> right, right, yeah, <laughs> yeah, that was quite something. And uh, but you know what's interesting is talking about like why it's not so the the part that's not so satisfying, perhaps you know the notion that uh, you know it revolves around the okay, the villain comes on board, you don't know she's a villain, she's got some scheme or whatever too. And frankly, in a way, I think that's why so often the movies there's so many movies that don't play so well. It's when they try to like say there's a villain, and now we just have big action sequences surrounding you know something like that. To me, that's that's when that's when you're setting up for failure is if you uh, it revolves around a plot, it revolves around some scheme. Um, and again, I'm, I'm not being critical of this because overall I enjoyed it and there's got a lot going for it. We're just basically saying like, what's the, what's the part that's not so great. And I think that's, that's frankly, when, when, when it fate, when Star Trek kind of fails and maybe when everything kind of fails is when it gets, uh, hung up on some convoluted plot or some, some kind of scheme or something to that effect. And then you just build around that, you know, you have action sequences built around that leading to that point. Yeah. I guess if I were to be critical to take that a little further on the critical. So, I mean, I think they box themselves in on with this villain and then that, you know, they had to go like to a black hole and kind of just fake all these things to trick this, trick this person into letting him out of these bad scores. So the way that the villain speaks, this one's going to do that. This one's going to puke, whatever. That's how Bem talked, too. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I don't remember. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah, it is. It's this one is this, this one. Yeah, that was that whole thing. Yeah. Which, of course, sounds absurd. So they, they put, they, they say things like this one's going to puke just to be laughable, you know. Moment that made me laugh out loud, I think the most in this episode was something about the horse stopping oh, on, yes. <laughs> on Mariner. Which I, they stayed on it for a while. Like, it like stopped like a couple of different ways. Somebody had to animate that. It's going to stop this way, and then it's going to change a little bit. It's not like this. <laughs> and it's like how many stomps before the safeties kick in and turn off the program or whatever. You know? <laughs> That was a nice wrinkle, you know. You see Boimler being very successful in this episode, and Mariner continues failing, failing over and over again. So that's because yeah, he that passed nice. even on his first try. It was like seventy some odd percent. He passed, right? That's what's fun about that character. You know, he's made some strides, but he's kind of a goof. You know, a little awkward a lot of times. But then something like this, it's kind of like you know, just knock it out of the park right from the get go. It's like it's some video game competition or something on the ship. You know, it's like he would, all right, but that's not enough. And here we go. Got to. 
score hundred. And Tindy's scene was pretty funny too. The <laughs> kill me the you have to this force this Klingon suicide. Yeah, lo- yeah, yeah. Ethics. That was that episode, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Fun getting uh, Alice Krieg back. Mm-hmm. What's this episode about? Clearest thing they're trying to say, you know, you know, see what it's like to walk in another person's shoes. You know, the lower decks they get to experience. Even though this whole the end of the episode, we we were crit- critical. Of, yeah, <laughs> we're critical of. I mean, but it does give them. It did give them a sense of like, okay, this is what it's like for each other. And you know, by the end of the episode, they kind of have a better understanding of each other. We'll see if that continues on because <laughs> it seems like every time the um, senior officers, you know, go, oh, really? That's that's what it's. You know, they have some empathy for them. Then it just they forget about it. And I think that's kind of the running joke of this. It's like they'll have they'll have this little bit of empathy for the for the lower decks and the lower decks will have this like a little bit better understanding of what the bridge crew goes through. But the running joke of this is that it just goes back to like, well, each side is their own side. Yeah. If they, you know, if they took it all that entirely away, you know, it wouldn't be funny anymore. I mean, part of the point of this is the different kind of the class structure and, you know, in a business or a working arrangement in some respect. But yeah, I think it's, um, that whole notion of, um, uh, learning what life's like on on the, on the other side, taking part in that, and so on, so on, that kind of thing. But then coming together to do that, I think I think in this episode, maybe why it's not as strong as some is because it's it doesn't organically get to that point really. I mean, yeah. you know, it's kind of you know what they're doing, you know, it's coming, and they have to do that, and it's it's, it's mostly just entertaining because of the the jokes and the references and so forth. I wanted the animation of the Cerritos actually crashing into the. Space doors in space dock, <laughs> <laughs> but we didn't get that. We just, they just showed on the screen. All right, uh, let's do six degrees for Ix Cretus. Steve, Alice Creek plays the Borg Queen. The last time we saw her play this character was Star Trek: The Experience. Name that ride. Oh, okay, okay. What they called that? Okay. The next gen one was called Klingon Encounter, I believe. That sounds right. Mm-hmm. The Voyager one. Uh, yeah. Um, I'm doing this from memory. I better make sure I got it right in my head. <laughs> <laughs> I'll let you come up with the answer then, or look up the answer before I say it then. I'm pretty sure I got it right. Yeah, I got it right. Okay. Okay. I mean, there are Borgs in there somewhere, but I, um, I don't know. Borg Encounter. I don't know. Adam, do you know it? Um, no. Borg experience, I have no clue. Borg invasion, 4D. Oh, I would have given it and get the 4D part, but Borg invasion. 4D. <laughs> did it smell too, or how did they? Yeah. Oh, yeah. They definitely oh. had the things in the seats when they assembled. Oh, yes. The, um, yes. Yeah. Yep, that's the seat right. shakers. No, it wasn't just seat shakers. They actually had like, it was like uh, the Bugs Life ride, which is gone now. They tore that down. But those things that like hit you in little spots and like in your back. And yeah, like, oh, like okay. air or little plastic things. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, that for some reason that's like the thing that irks me the most about a, a ride or a thing is stuff like poking me on. Yeah, yeah that kind of. Mm. But they did do. There was something I can't remember. There was maybe there was water. I think I mean I think it might, it might have sprayed water on you or something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Well, there's some live actors in the midst of it too, probably coming out. Well, yeah, because it's yeah. like everything, you know, the experience mm-hmm. started that way. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then you saw footage of, definitely it was the doctor and 
Janeway and the Borg Queen. I don't remember what mm-hmm. they were. Yes. Uh, all right. Adam takes it for the day with Shram. <laughs> Shram. <laughs> well, we had some sad news this past week. Nichelle Nichols uh, passed away at the age of 89. The last few years, you know, we we knew she was having bat- battling dementia and some things like that. I had just watched because uh, my girl and I started watching the original series after Next Gen finished. We've been watching like one a week. And I just watched Man Trap. And I was thinking that that scene that she has in the corridor when the salt vampire turns into the guy that like speaks Swahili to her and stuff. Oh yes, mm-hmm. she is so great in that scene. And I was thinking about like that was the first episode of Star Trek ever aired. The first time anybody mm-hmm. outside of the people that were making the show saw Star Trek, they saw probably her best. I mean, the, the scene that gave her the most to do mm-hmm. solo uh, of the entire original series but you know she was so good yeah everybody remembers she'll always be remembered for how incredibly ludicrously obscenely beautiful she was but she was a pretty good actress man mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. absolutely i don't if she wouldn't have been one of the main characters she wouldn't have been in the movie she wouldn't be still in the conversation if she hadn't been so great i mean aside from all the stuff that everybody talks about you know about her her legacy in the history of representation in mm-hmm. television and, and all that, which is, of course, paramount, but she was really good. My daughter, we have a book that we bought her several years ago, and it's got, it has a, has a number of uh, black women historically that have influenced, that are, that are, you know, inspirational and influenced people. And she's in there, you know, that they just, it's kind of an animated they drawings and whatnot, but it, there's little poems and things about, who Michelle they are Nichols and what they did. Yes. Or, yeah. Yeah. Or, okay. Michelle Nichols. Yeah. That talks about her playing a role that mm-hmm. inspired people and so forth. So, so yeah, she's probably what my daughter knows the most of the original series in a way. One of my favorite photos of her is with um, Obama in the Oval Office. Mm-hmm. Oh, of, yeah. You know, you know what you were mentioning before, Brian, it's kind of like a bookend, you know, where, you know, she was one of the first black, you know, women in a position of authority on a, on a tele on a television series. And then, you know, you have the first black president, you know, them together. It was a nice photo. Uh, I saw her, you know, many times, too many to count times. I saw her at conventions and things over the years in big rooms and little rooms and with lots of people around her and barely anybody around her. And she was always awesome. She was always so nice to everybody and gracious and patient and, my favorite scene with her in the movies is um, it's you know, um, you know, search for Spock when you know she's the transporter with the with the young with the young ensign. Careful what you wish for, you may get it. In the closet. Yeah, some people were like, "Well, you know, it sucks that she's not in half the movie because she doesn't go with him," but she does have that great scene, and it's all her. You know, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. she'll be missed. All right. We are going to be back in two weeks to close out Star Trek Lower Decks second season. Yeah, that'll be it for the season two. And then two weeks after that, we're going to be going right into season three, doing that one live-ish, <laughs> you know, within a couple of weeks of airing. We'll be talking about them. Until next time, you can send us an email, trekcompanion at gmail.com. Our Twitter handle is at trekcompanion. Thank you so much for spending half an hour with us. And until next time, take it easy. Bye, guys. See ya.
Sean, I passed it.